0: excited to do something a little bit different in this episode and that is instead of taking one topic we're going to take many topics and what we're going to do is we're doing what we're calling a, a quick fire session where we're just going to ask some questions to each other that the other does not know we're going <laughs> to ask and just talk through in, in brief form so like a couple minutes on each topic maybe even less depends on uh, uh, if I like the question you asked me or not. Um, <laughs> So uh, we're going to do that. But before we get to the quick fire, real content questions, Roger, um, some other quick fire questions, at least two of them. One is when and where was your last date night with your wife?
1: I hope my wife's not listening. She's going to get mad at me. (laughs) Because you you don't remember. I'm trying to remember. No, I'll, I'll remember. I think I'll remember. Where did we go? It was we're, that long ago? We're not getting as many because we have two rambunctious kids and we don't have much uh, help. Yeah, much help. So I'm trying to think. I know we went somewhere. Where did we drop them off? My mom's house. We went somewhere.
0: Oh, Roger.
1: See, so now she's going to be mad at me. She's going to text me and say, yeah. why didn't you remember where, where uh-huh. you took, you took yep. me? <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: Not cheesecake factory because that was like your first date, I think, right? Do I remember that correctly? We did, and
1: we will go for her birthday coming up in January. Okay, nice coming up. Okay, good. um, Well, this is in January, so um, I'm not recalling where it was now.
0: Okay, do you remember yours? (laughs) Yeah, I
1: need to. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. We went to Lure Fish House actually. Where's that? Uh in Porter Ranch. This one there's there's okay. uh summit, one in Westlake, I think, one out in Santa Barbara. Okay. But we went to the one in Porter Ranch and uh it was fun. It was good.
1: Well, I don't know if this was a date night, but I know then the last thing we went alone. Okay, <laughs> oh, I think it was the that, last one. It was counts. the banquet in Pasadena for Oh, that doesn't count these. as a date night.
0: But it well okay well, it maybe does. Maybe. I guess so. It was yeah. It was, it was a was banquet good. though, dude. Banquet. Come on.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: My wife can't st- – I, I shouldn't admit this, but she does not like banquets.
1: Well, we saw so many people. We haven't seen in so long.
0: Was that a good thing? Yes. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good thing.
0: All right, as long as it was a good thing. <laughs> All right, well, here's another quick question okay. for you. Maybe you'll remember this one. I'll no, make up an a, answer now. <laughs> yeah, you should. It's a, What's your favorite family night thing to do or place to go? So with the kids, you guys want to do family night. What do you do? Do you watch movie, play games? What do you do? What's your favorite?
1: Um – i think i've enjoyed the outings you know when we'll go on a short hike um we just went you know as a family to Legoland for a day nice. so we've gone to amusement parks those are fun um you know go out to dinner go to the park go, you know different things so, um I, we're not i'm not really into too many movies so we don't have really movie nights board games yes kids love board games um but they're always like the same one. So it becomes a half family night of board games. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: I hear you. Yeah. You guys like to do outdoor things. Yeah. We, uh, we order in ramen and, uh, and either watch movies or play board games. Okay. We had a a long board game night the other day. It was a bit much for me. We played monopoly and yes, Kyra and I, we got out earlier than the other two. Anyway, whatever. Um, That's a good question. At the end, we just like walked away. I'm like, I'm so tired of this game. Who won? I can't remember. One of them cheered and won. My wife's really competitive. I'm assuming she won, but my son's really competitive too, Mm -hmm. so he may have. I don't recall now. But yeah, we like to order in food, and they don't even. Sometimes we'll say, "Let's go to your favorite place." They don't know. They don't want it. They'd rather order in. That's their ideal. Wow. Uh, We got homebodies. That's that's our kids. You stay
1: inside. We go outside.
0: Yeah, I know. I was thinking we're different. All right. Here's some quick fire questions. I mean, they're not, you know, I, I just want to, to wet our appetites with some of these questions. Yeah. So I'll start with this. <clears throat> how important is Bible reading, Roger?
1: For myself or in general? In
0: general. <laughs> you're, you're talking to someone, you're counseling them. How, how important is Bible reading? Cause there are different schools yeah. of thought out there. So What's, what's your take on it? How important is
1: Bible reading? So I was just talking to somebody today about that. Mm, okay. And the case I made or, the, uh, or what I communicated was Bible reading is one of the means of grace God has given us to connect with him. And that I was asking, you know, what's the purpose of why you want to read the Bible? Why do you want to read? Mm. What are you seeking? And I said, to simplify it, you should be reading your Bible to meet Jesus. So if you're doing that and that's helping you grow in your relationship with Christ, then this isn't a question we're asking. Mm. How important it is to have a relationship with Christ if you're a believer? Well, it's obvious. So it depends on why you're reading. Now, if you're reading just to study facts or just to know or a specific topic or you want to checkmark your Bible reading program, well, there's different motives there. And so you may have different answers. Um, I even think that it's good to read daily um, in a sense of, is there any day you want to not be around the knowledge of, of Christ and the word of God, even if you get nothing out of it, even if you just check, you don't realize that sometimes that nothing you're getting out of it will be used later, that maybe the spirit of God will remind you of that verse you read in the morning that you thought didn't apply to life or, you know there's some connection later on, so um, yeah, if you're going there to meet Christ, then this isn't a question we're asking it, it, it's one of the means that God has given and one of the one of the primary ones to know him, to grow in him, to understand him. It's not going to happen without it. Mm. We don't just grow in the knowledge of Christ without actually pursuing him so.
0: Amen. I'll take an amen. I'll say an amen and leave it at that. I like okay. it.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask a personal question.
0: Oh, boy. I didn't That's say a good that
1: one. Th- That's a good personal question. All right. All right. It won't get you in trouble with your wife like me. Okay. Okay. What theologian is currently shaping your thinking?
0: Ooh. What theologian is currently shaping my thinking? That's a really good question. So I I, I think I'm going to I'm going to bail on the particular question and I'm going to I'm going to put it a little bit differently. Covenant theology in general is currently shaping my thinking. What okay. I mean by that is I'm that's an area that I'm pursuing currently, I'm very interested in. And so as I'm reading different authors on the topic they are shaping me okay. um, so you know uh, Michael Horton is someone I've read okay. uh, recently on the topic. There's a, a number of reform scholars that have been <clears throat> that have put a compilation together they've as I'm reading through some of that that's shaping my thinking uh, Witsius is uh, he's written a book on covenant theology okay. that I've been or a couple of volumes they've been those volumes have been shaping me.'ve um, I've tried to read even, other kind of systematic theologies so Burkhoff and others on covenant theology so in the context of covenant theology okay. these these other guys all those who have written on it are kind of shaping me um so yeah that's it's kind of a cop-out answer but it's but so yeah
1: no i'll accept it okay horton and burkoff oh, yeah horton
0: burkoff witsius these guys no, yeah that's good <laughs> all right well Uh, And I know you can go on forever on this question, but um, we'll try and keep it brief. But can you talk about one of the most challenging counseling situations that you've been in? Obviously, without breaking any confidentiality, like what have been or what has been kind of a, a most challenging counseling situation? And why has it been so challenging?
1: Hmm. That's a hard one to identify the most challenging (laughs) because I think that as complex beings all counseling is challenging because we we bring a lot we bring our hearts to the table yeah, and they're all different and we all have different things going on at the same time which make them challenging our hearts are restless, they're busy there's thoughts, there's desires there's commitments we've made in our hearts that are hard to bring out if I look at some of the problems that have come out that I say are the most challenging, if I put it in the category of the past, Hmm. um, whether it's the dealing with the past dealing with past sins, Hmm. whether they were sins that were committed, that makes one feel very guilty Mm -hmm. or whether it's been sins that have been committed against them Hmm. that have been really challenging. Hmm because you're, you're dealing with how do we now respond today and the thoughts don't go away. The feelings don't change quickly. Um, and so sometimes you're repeating the same truth and going back to the same thing. And then sometimes it comes up again later and you're, you're having to deal with it again because counseling is never this formula of do this, that, and then you will get the result you want. Um, we're all complex and then God changes us slowly and sometimes things don't change and sometimes they last a lifetime yeah. and, and being able to walk through, through that. And I, and I think in my own heart, there's things I still deal with and struggle with that. Yeah. You, you just, you have to keep going back to the Lord with, uh, to seek wisdom. Um,
0: that's really good. That's a a really good answer, helpful answer because the past um, has so many implications for the present and even the future, mm. and so I can imagine that is an area where um, be, you know the, things become really challenging in counseling because of the habits that have been formed, habits in the way we think. Uh, so much there. Good, good, quite a good uh, answer. Yeah, thanks for that.
1: Well, this one is because you've been, you know, a lead pastor for a long time, and, and you've seen a lot. You, you deal with a lot. You get the most feedback and the most questions. and uh, Thanks for reminding me. The most compliments and the most complaints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Maybe in the same conversation, the same comment, you get both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Often, yes. So if you look at the church and you look at, at the, you know, all the different things you have to deal with. What, what's one thing if you could just change the mentality of the church? What what would it be? Mm.
0: And that's a good question. And I don't want anyone to think I'm talking about them specifically because uh, people do that too. Maybe that's yeah. what I want changed. Um, <laughs> but I, I think if, if I could build into our congregation, more optimism.
1: Oh, you are an optimistic person.
0: I tend to be I tend to be an optimistic person. I have a lot of hope. Um, yeah. makes me sometimes gullible, sometimes intentionally, so <laughs> I'd rather you know I'd rather po- be Pollyanna than uh, you know I don't know some, someone yeah. else who's very negative. but so if I could if I could help people to see that look, Christ can heal. Christ can change. Christ can motivate us. Hmm. Even if you think, well, we've always done it this way and no one's ever changing, you know, but he can. And today might be the day, you know. And so if I could, if I could build optimism and remove some of the negativity. Okay. um, and, And part of that is also if I could build patience into our congregation, into particular individuals, especially where, you know, we all want change right away whether we want it with our spouse, those couples that come in that have counseling issues, you know, this, you know, they want their spouse to change or the, or their marriage to change overnight or, you know, or others are looking at other people in the church going, "Wow, why, why aren't they serving as wholeheartedly as I am? And, you know, and they want the, if I could build patience and optimism, these two things that would, those would be for me, uh, I think it would be ministry changing because um, those things I think can hinder us a lot when we're, pessimistic and when we're impatient and i think they go together um yeah. it harms it harms us uh, and so i do have hope that even those people will change so yeah that's uh, good so i pray for it all the time <laughs> yeah no
1: that that's good the hope of the gospels and it's in a great hope for not optimistic it's, amen. Not, it's good news not not bad news amen so I like all right
0: that. Here, here's one for you um and and you can answer it in, in any different way that you want. I, you'll, you'll see that the question's a little bit general in some regards. But what's most frustrating, or it doesn't have to be most because <laughs> that's so hard, but what's frustrating about current evangelical culture? And you can narrow it if you want, okay. like in current reformed evangelical culture or something like that, kind of the, where we, the circles we're in, Raj, what's, What's most frustrating about the culture that we're living in, in our church cultures uh, these days for you?
1: Two things. Hmm. One is everybody wants to be a celebrity. They don't say it, but they want to be known and build a platform about themselves.
0: I'm leaving. How dare you? (laughs) Okay. I'm
1: optimistic. (laughs) You'll come back. Amen. The second is everybody's attacking one another and nobody gives each other the benefit of the doubt. And they pull quotes out of context, attack people, and there's so much discouragement in the Christian world and in social media especially. And nobody encourages one another anymore. I miss, I was talking to somebody today, I think Ray Ortlund is no longer on Twitter, but I miss him on Twitter. I miss his encouragement. There are a few people I follow on Twitter that are encouraging, that encourage other believers. But what I mainly see, and I have to just avoid and block and mute, is look at what this person said. Do you see what they said? Oh, you're wrong. You need to correct. And it's like everybody's just correcting and discouraging. Where is the encouragement you know i see the scripture as encouraging us that the body is encouraging one another to grow up in christ to care for one another and it seems like everybody is now a discernment ministry unto themselves they know all the truth everybody else is wrong so let's tear people down not just what they believe but let's tear down their character and now we start attacking character and it's ugly Mm. And I think when I look around, it, it, it makes me it, it saddens me to see that this is what the greater body of Christ looks like out in that social media world. And I can't help to think that if that's what you see people putting out there, what's really going on in their hearts and how they're treating one another, um, even when um, you know we, we can disagree, we can correct one another in a gentle way like the scriptures say without it becoming so personal yeah um i mean you you tear down a man or a woman who served the lord 40 50 years they have one comment and all of a sudden you just throw them out oh this is another person we've we've gone astray we're not focusing on the lord anymore we're and
0: and we do the opposite of giving people the benefit of the doubt they're guilty until proven innocent
1: and even <laughs> even then, it seems that some people can never be innocent. That's right. We'll find something else to make them guilty, and any affiliation with that person now makes you the guilty one, and you're just like them. It's it's unfortunate.
0: So, a ministry like um, Julie Roy's, yeah, is tough sometimes because it there's is. I think there's good that she's done right because I think she's exposed a lot of things that. Yeah needed to be exposed on the other hand sometimes it feels like it's a and I don't think she intends it to be this way but I think that people consume it like the world consumes gossip columns
1: yeah yeah
0: and it's hard because there's got to be this this balance but humans are sinful we're not good at balance you know and um so I hear what you're saying man about the culture yeah
1: And we forget people's sin. We have these expectations as nobody can sin and no one can be restored. Right. Or at least you can sin in these certain ways. You know, you, you can sin with the, uh, you know, with, with maybe pride, but don't sin in any other way because you're, you're, you're out of, you know, you can't be restored. You're beyond repair and, and and we forget people are sinners, and so we're going to do things that are wrong. We're going to say hurtful things. We're going to misrepresent the Word of God sometimes. We're going to teach error at times. No one is perfect, and so yeah. I think sometimes— That's why we, we need the Lord. Yeah, and we look to man instead of looking to Christ. That's right. And that's always a hindrance, I think, to us. And, and I'm guilty of, of, of that, too, of looking to man as an authority figure instead of looking to Christ and— you know, look what this person said, as if their their words are on equal footing of scripture. So, I mean, there's so much to that. Yeah. It's, it's...
0: Yeah, oh, I love it. Good, good thoughts.
1: Well, on that, uh, I'll give you a lighthearted one, okay. but kind of on that same, same, <laughs> okay. same path. If what one Christian phrase or fad would you like to see go away? Oh man. <laughs> Not gonna get you in trouble with anybody in our church who may you may uh Christian think f- this is good. Phrase or
0: fad. Oh man. You <coughs> know funny? I can't I can't think right now off the top of my head of any phrases um that I'd like to get rid of. Except when everyone's calling everyone a heretic, maybe that phrase. Yeah. But the fad might be that, right? The fad of of demonizing someone we disagree with. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's just like what you were saying. And, and so it kind of fits well into that question. I, um, you know, the, the uh, ninth command, thou shall not bear false witness. Mm. Something really important about that commandment, um, it, it implies that if we get out there on Twitter and we say so-and-so is a heretic, or so and so's a pagan or whatever, you know, because they believe such and such. Um, and they're not actually a heretic, we we've slandered that person. Yeah. We've we've borne false testimony. So the fad of, like you said, discernment ministries being the watchdog constantly. Look, let the elders of the church be the watchdogs.
1: Yeah.
0: Christ has called the local church elders to refute and rebuke false teaching um, when people take it upon themselves and if they're not under godly elders and they're not being held accountable like who are they um, and it really really frustrates me because a lot of the time they don't know what they're talking about yeah uh, and they don't they don't have the the right heart to to do the ministry that they think they're called to somehow and it, it's really frustrating. So, all right. Let's now that you got us all depressed. You said lighthearted. That was not lighthearted. Man. Well, you
1: made it depressed. That's not my I, fault. So you're the optimistic one all the time. I know. That went dark, way. man. That went dark. <laughs> that was wow. All
0: right. Here, let's let's okay. I'll do an uplifting one here. What's the most exciting ministry opportunity you are involved with now? So what I'm getting at is kind of I, I want I want our people to hear the heart of Roger. What what gets you really excited ministry wise? that you're involved in and Please do not. And I know it's not true anyway, but don't say finance because I know that's what you do day in and day out, but it can't be your real passion. <laughs> There's
1: uh, the attention because I'm involved in children's hunger fund. Yeah. And seeing the ministry grow is exciting. Um, yeah. and just seeing all that God's doing domestically and around the world is exciting to see. Yeah. Um, being part of the church and seeing, you know, the Lord working and all the changes that are happening, um, are always exciting. I mean, for me personally, I'm more of a one-on-one person, one-on-two, walking with people and seeing yeah. the Lord work through people's lives. That's always exciting to me. Is just seeing how the Lord's working. Um, I was waiting. I was religion. expecting also. that one. Yeah. That's
0: what I was expecting, actually. So, not that <laughs> you're predictable. True. But I just think you you excel there. I think you just yeah. th- that's where, where your wheelhouse, and uh, I love that when I watch you walk with people in the Lord through the Lord or walk them in the Lord. It's it's just a blessing.
1: So Let's see. Do I have a uplifting one? No, this one's not uplifting. More, but, more dark ones. Okay, but this one's going to bother you.
0: Oh, great! Here it comes.
1: <sighs> no pun intended. But what news article bothered you the most? <clears throat> last year what news article yeah or news or event, event or thing in our culture outside of the church with, with all the stuff that goes on in the news cycle What yeah. what bothered you the most this last year
0: so i'm gonna i'm gonna i don't even know if you're aware of this uh raj saw so it'll be interesting news perhaps okay. to you as well. But I think one of the things that bothered me the most um in the this last year of you know new cycle of last year um had to do when, when Roe v. Wade was overturned mm-hmm. and um just the the ridiculous nature of the the attacks against the Supreme Court and kind of yeah. the decision that was made and and this whole thing about it. it's it's women's health care, which it's 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 not yeah. um you know, those, those types of things where, where they, they would talk, talk about the woman's choice. And listen, my heart breaks for women in the situations that so many find themselves in. And I think the church needs to do an even better job. I think we're doing a decent job. I think there are more ministries than people can even imagine sure. to care for uh, pregnant women in needy situations. Um, but setting that aside to, uh, to make some of the claims that they've made attack the church— to to just th- that pro abortion perspective has just been gut-wrenching it's heartbreaking to read and and see how blinded people are to the reality of what abortion is and so here's the news that you don't know about I don't think but we had done a Q&A on abortion on a Wednesday night
1: Oh I remember hearing about the topic yeah, yeah. and then
0: uh, we didn't live stream it on purpose and then okay. and then Haig went to post it on on our YouTube channel and YouTube has pulled it oh. um, as as um medical misinformation
1: wow
0: and he when Hayek I said hey uh you know protest you put it yeah. go, go, you know take exceptions see what they Say and and they came back saying oh our team has looked at it again and you oh, know it's it's we consider it medical misinformation and if you do it again basically uh, you know we're going to stop your channel um, and so I said no we're going to appeal one more time and we're going to demand that they tell us what specifically was medical misinformation because yeah. we did not go into anything that and we were as careful as we could be but as honest as we could be too. So I, I want to go back and, and listen to it and see, and I want them to point out specifically yeah. their team. I will demand it, or uh, we may have to you know go the next stage mm-hmm. because that's unacceptable. It, there was nothing in there that we was medical misinformation that I can think of. Everything we had was coming from uh, you know had the medical backing mm-hmm. to it. Anyway, so uh, it, it just that really got under my skin that this is what the world is doing. They're going to censor. What they don't like,
1: can Elon buy YouTube too and take it over <laughs> for YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish,
0: I wish. Uh, I mean,
1: because we're seeing it now of all the censorship on on what yeah. you know, oh,
0: it's yeah. so ridiculous to me, to be honest that they would censor things they that they just don't don't like.
1: And that's going to happen to your sermons eventually. Right. Right. I oh, mean, yeah. when we get into the gender and marriage issues, it's yeah. only a matter of time where they start pulling those because that's, right. that's going to go against, I mean, it already goes against mainstream, but it will yeah. get to that level yeah. of, of the same.
0: And, and in all honesty, we, we have to find other means as Christians to get the word out because they are going to clamp down on us more and more. Yeah. So. All right. This one may not be a a quick answer, but do your best. Do you have a mentor? If so, what's that relationship like? If not, do you wish you had one?
1: No and yes. Okay. So no, don't currently have one. Uh, Always wanted one. Yeah. Both uh, spiritually and career-wise.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm Career-wise. Yeah.
1: Uh, when I was in seminary, sought out some, some professors when I needed specific types of, uh, help and just received, you know, you know, just those types of relationships, but never had anything long-term, uh, with anybody, um, in my life.
0: Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I wish that's something I wish we could, um, See more of, and hopefully in our church, we're trying to develop more of that kind of relationship. But yeah.
1: Oh well, we got a few more minutes. We got one question each left. Let's try to get through it.
0: Okay, I I did all of my. Oh,
1: you did all. Okay, I have the last question. Oh, good. Okay, this is a good question. Okay, this is a (laughs) this is this is a a fun one for you. Oh, great! Here we go. So, what controversy do you think will be debated in the Christian world? Over this next year, whether it's something theological um, something in the you know life of the church, how things are done what what do you what do you predict's going to be debated as you've thought about some of the hotbed issues yeah. and some of the more nuanced debates that I just don't follow because I don't have time to try to figure out what people are talking about um.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely think the Trinity conversations going to keep going. And okay. For those that are not familiar with it, there's big stuff going on in the Twitterverse, I suppose you can call it, where um, you know people are talking about classical theism, and mm-hmm. and um, anytime they quote Aquinas on anything, you have another camp that's uh, attacking them. How dare you are becoming Roman Catholic because you're quoting Aquinas? <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> crazy. I'm sure that's going to continue because okay. that doesn't look like it's slowing down at all. Uh, but interestingly, I think something we touched on earlier is going to come up a lot this year. And that is um, just kind of connected to this. And again, I don't mean to to bring her name specifically, but the kind of the Julie Roy's mm. exposure uh, ministries that are, you know, things that we're dealing with now because they just recently, I noticed they have gone after Dane Ortland now.
1: Yes. I saw that.
0: And <clears throat> I read everything that I could. Um, about the topic and again we have to wait and see you know what more is going to come out but so far I haven't found anything that tells me what a you know a hypocrite he is rather it seems like maybe there were some unwise moves and maybe there's more of the story than we know you know there's things like that um, but I think that that's going to become it's, it's going to become we're going to talk about this more because we're becoming that culture where we're eating each other alive. And, um, you know, it happened with MacArthur, Julie Roy's, you know, exposed certain yeah. things with MacArthur. I think some of it was good. I think some of it was, I'm looking at it going, ah, I don't know what I think about that, Yeah, you know? Yep, and so I, I think that because, oh, maybe MacArthur is a polarizing figure and a lot of people like to vilify him anyway. I, I'm, you know, present company included. Sometimes <laughs> I don't, you know, sometimes I, I, I say things, but, yeah. um, so I think that that was some people were oh, yeah, that's fine because it's a, a, attacking MacArthur. He can handle it himself. But now all of a sudden you're seeing someone like Dane Ortland, um who is a little more moderate figure. And now he's getting – so it's it's tough. I think we're going to talk a lot about what's right and what's wrong in that way of exposing.
1: What good is coming what from What good is coming from it, exactly. If you're not involved in actually bringing something good and you're just sharing knowledge, is that sharing of knowledge a good thing? Yeah. Or are we just putting out other people's... um, Dirty laundry. Dirty laundry without knowing the full context, without being able to understand all the dynamics and actually being there to experience, are you helping or hurting? So
0: here's how how I've thought about it, Roger. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, partly because... Praise the Lord, we're growing as a church and things are are moving forward and maybe we'll grow more, I I hope, you know, but I've thought about how many things people could, if they want, spin about our church, things that we've said, things that we've done, things that I've personally said that they could, if they want out of context, they could Mm -hmm. spin it and, and make it sound really bad. Well, I hope not really bad, but I think they can. (laughs) I think they can do that. So, um, man, I, I don't want to pick on other people because I'm worried that by that measure, what are people going to, what are they going to find to latch on to here? We try everything we can to be upright. We have a, a good group of elders that keep us all accountable. We do everything we can. But if someone wants to take a phrase, a word, an event yeah, and, and blow it out of proportion, man, I think they can. So it makes me more cautious about what I believe when I hear or what I, you know, what I read through Roy's report or whatever. And okay, and there's another one, ministry something report that's out there that I like, you know, I like reading it to, to find out what's going on. But at the same time, sometimes I'm like, wow, it's almost like, uh, what did the Proverbs say about gossip? It's like a tasty morsel. Yep. Yep. Right. So yeah, that's going to be a big deal. I think, I think it already is, but I think it's going to get even bigger.
1: Well, that's good. Well, next year we'll revisit and see if your prophecy has come true. If, and if it has not, you're going to stone me.
0: Great. I am not saying it's. I said I'm thinking it okay. may. This yeah, is okay. not thus saith the Lord. Thank Sure. Well, this has been fun. I think we should do more quick fire stuff uh, in the coming year. But uh, this has been fun to think about. Uh, I hope that those who are listening enjoyed our time thinking through a bunch of different ten, I guess, different questions that mm-hmm. we went through, and um, looking forward to a lot of conversations we get to have this year, Roger, whether it's London Baptist stuff or more topics that I think will be real fun to get to Mm -hmm. and uh, challenging to our congregation and to anyone else that's listening. So until next time, God bless you. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at Rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.